Welcome to the Transformation Church Podcast, where we're leading people into a transforming relationship with Jesus. We hope this message inspires you, builds your faith, and gives you a fresh perspective on God and His Word so you can see transformation in your own life. Enjoy the message. Grab your Bibles, and uh, today we are um, we're kicking into week four of our message series, Spirit and Life. And uh, this series has been really taking a look at the importance of God's word in our life and starting to kind of peel back some of the confusing um, layers that tend to kind of keep us from really engaging uh, his word. Last week, um, we, we started talking we, uh, about how to understand the Bible today. I want to kind of pick up with that, but I want to go on a different kind of thread as it relates, relates to understanding the Bible. But our theme verse for this series is out of John chapter 6, verse 63. And it says, Jesus said that the spirit alone gives eternal life The human effort accomplishes nothing. And the very words that I've spoken to you, that they are spirit and their life. That Jesus said the very words that I have spoken to you, that they are spirit and their life. In other words, these words, that they are the breath of God in our life to bring about the will of God in our life. And so this has to have value. It has to have a place of priority in our life in order for us to become all that God has called and designed us uh, to be. And so today what I want to do is uh, I want to talk to you from this title, Understanding the Storyline of the Bible. Understanding the Storyline of the Bible. And uh, I'm going to use an analogy today that I think is going to really kind of open your eyes and help you better understand um, the Bible as you read it. Well, let's prepare our hearts for uh, God's word today. Say this out loud with me. Father, as I open your word today, speak to me. May I have ears to hear, a heart to receive, and the courage to respond. In Jesus' name, amen. So uh, this past uh, week, I I did something. Um, I did something that kind of um, got me some bonus points with, with Andrea. I I went with her to watch this movie called Downton Abbey. Um, and there's going to be no spoil alert in, in this, but um, I, I don't know if you've seen, I have never seen um, that movie or, or show before. Um, so guys in the room, like, don't be thinking like you're, you're, you're punching some of my man card because I went to Downton Abbey. I've never been to it before. And, and, uh, and so um, we go to the movie and, and I'm sitting in there and, I don't know, like, I don't know what the movie's about, which I, I mean, I watched the one movie and I still don't know what it's about. Um, uh, I didn't know any uh, of, of the characters um, that were in it. Like, I didn't know any of what was going on in the movie. And, and I'm sitting there and I'm hearing all these other people in the movie and they're like laughing at inside jokes right? They're laughing at characters and Andrea's laughing. And, and I'm like, what are you guys laughing at? I have no idea what in the world is going on in this movie. It makes no sense. Like I didn't watch uh, um, the movie that was before this. I didn't watch the 52, I guess, episodes on PBS or, I mean, who watches PBS anyway, right? Um, but, 
but I hadn't watched any of any of that stuff at all. And, and it was so funny because like halfway through the movie, we're sitting and I had, I had gotten my phone out a couple times and was just kind of scrolling through my phone because I had no idea what was going on. And, and all I just keep hearing is these big like booms and like all this noise that's happening. And if you know anything about Downton Abbey, there are no booms in Downton Abbey. I mean, it's just like, let's just talk for two hours, right? And, and so I'm sitting there in all these booms and I realized... I realized that Top Gun is playing right next to us. And I'm having to sit there through this movie that means absolutely nothing to me, that it just seems to be the most boring thing ever. And I'm hearing like all these booms of the fighter jets and Top Gun. And, um, and I leaned over to Andrea and I'm like, I'm gonna go next door. Um, <laughs> and, um, and, then, and then I heard the Holy Spirit say, Son, stay in your seat. <laughs> and I obeyed. I'm just kidding. I obeyed. I stayed and um, did the good husband thing and stayed. But, um, but ha- have you ever noticed? Um, have you no- ever noticed how difficult it is to to understand or to follow like a book? If you if you ever just pick up a book and read the last chapter. Like you have no idea what's happening. It's just the very end. You don't know who the characters are or, or what about, what about this? Um, I don't know if you, anybody watches law and order in the room, but it's like coming into law and order, like 15 minutes into it, right? You miss the whole setup at the beginning of what it's all about. Like, like it's just, it's, it, it is difficult to understand a story when you don't understand the storyline. And I think about this Downton Abbey movie, like it's gotten tons of, of, of positive reviews. It's gotten all of these awards, like it was the most widely watched television show in the world um, at one point, but I was completely, completely uninterested in this movie because I didn't understand it. And I think that my experience with this movie is like many of our experiences with the word of God. Like we, we become uninterested and unmotivated to be around it and to read it because we don't understand it. And I've learned in my own journey that I, I undervalue any kind of story when we don't understand the actual story line. And so today I want to take some time and I want to I want to try to help you with that. You see, contrary to um, popular belief, this is not a book. This is not one book. This inside of this contains 66 different books, right, by 40 different authors from diverse backgrounds over a period of 1,500 years. And get this, telling one crazy story. And if we don't understand what the framework is of this story, then we grow uninterested and we undervalue it. You see this story, you could break it up into four different parts. You could break it up into the problem, the hope, the savior, and the mission, the problem, the hope, the savior, and the mission. 
And I want to walk you through each one of those today. Is somebody playing the ukulele? Okay. Holy cow, that's like echo in my, in my ears. I'm like hearing the ukulele in the background. That's so funny. Um, all right. I'm sorry, ADD, and it just totally drifted on me. Um, hey, let's look at uh, number one. So we're going to look at these four parts. The first one is the problem. So from Genesis chapter one through chapter 10, I want us to look at, I want to, I want to kind of lay out what the problem of the Bible is. So in Genesis chapter two, verse 16 and 17, it says this, but the Lord God warned him, speaking of Adam, that you may freely eat the fruit of every tree in the garden, except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil that if you eat its fruit, you are sure to die. That if you eat its fruit, you are sure to die. And so guess what happens? They eat it, right? And they usher in the problem. You see, God created this perfect world, this perfect world that you and I all, can you see if something's playing? Because I'm like, either my ears are going crazy or I've got, sorry, I've got this. And I wish this was a funny announcement. Uh, but I got something going on. Um, it's got my AD kicking in, but, um, <laughs> so God creates this perfect world. All right. This perfect world that no loved one dies. This perfect world where there's no pain, there's no disease, there's no sickness. This perfect world where we don't experience any traumatic events, this World where, hey, we don't have to work. Come on, somebody. Like, like, we don't have to work. A world where, as we've seen in the last few weeks, a world where there's no school shootings, a world where there's no homelessness, a world where there's no world hunger, where there's no wars. But what happens, listen, I'm setting up the problem. What happens is that Adam and Eve thought they knew better. Is that not the problem of our humanity? Like, don't we tend to think we know better than God? I think that's why the scripture says that there is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end, it leads to what? Death, right? And so Adam and Eve, they think they know better. They rebel against God. They go away from, from what his um, order for humanity was. And as a result, they no longer are allowed in the presence of God. Now, as we think about this, I want you to know, and as I set up this analogy, I want you to know I'm not making a political statement, okay? This is not a political statement. And so at any point, if you, um, uh, if you get um, upset or you have a complaint, um, listen, you can email it to dj at transformtlh.com. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding, but here's the analogy is that sin is like COVID. That sin is like COVID that just like COVID started with one person in a lab in Wuhan and spread throughout the world. That sin also started with one person and it spread throughout the world. But unlike COVID, which has a 1% death rate, sin has a 100% death rate. 
Before the sin pandemic hit, man had such a beautiful fellowship with God. But once the sin pandemic started, humanity had to quarantine. And because of that quarantine, the only way that we could talk to God was through this biblical version of Zoom calls called prophets and visions and angels and the scriptures. And as you can imagine, things Things didn't get better, things got worse. They got worse in a, in, a, in, a, in a place where their wants had no pain, no sorrow, no death. Now it's everywhere. And the apostle Paul talks about this in Romans chapter five, verse 12. He says that when Adam sinned, look what he says, sin entered the world, the problem, the sin pandemic. Adam's sin brought death, and so death spread to everyone, for everyone sinned. And so we see in this framework of the Bible that the first part, the first 10 chapters of Genesis is setting up this problem that God creates this perfect world, this place where we don't have sin, we don't have to, um, disease, we don't have these things. And then all of a sudden man ushers in this sin pandemic. And then as we transition out of that first part, we transition into the second part, which is the hope. And we see the hope from Genesis chapter 11 running all the way through the end of the Old Testament with Malachi. You see, the first 10 chapters of Genesis are like, hey, this is really bad. Like things have changed. Now all of a sudden, like, like sickness has entered and death has entered. What are we going to do? Is there going to be any hope? And then in Genesis 12, God gives us hope. He says in verse one, he says that the Lord had said to Abram, leave your native country, your relatives, your family's family, and go to the land that I will show you, that I will make you into a great nation, that I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. Look at this in verse three, I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. And then the next part of this verse three is the part that gives every theologian the goosebumps. It could be arguably the most significant statement in all of the Old Testament when God says that all of the families on earth will be blessed through you. Amen. Now, what God's trying to say here is that we have a hope for the sin pandemic because there is a cure on the horizon. I don't know if you remember back in March and April of 2020, I remember that the, the, the hope, the desire that there would be some sort of cure to COVID and what we were facing. Like it didn't matter um, whether you're a man or female. It didn't matter um, what um, um, voting party was showed up on your voter ID. It didn't matter what our skin color was. It didn't matter what our social economic background was. We were all unified in praying for a cure. And that's what the rest of the Old Testament is all about. It's people from different backgrounds in the sin pandemic, hoping for a cure. And then God steps in and he says in Genesis 12 that, that there's going to be a cure. And it's going to come through the descendants of this man, Abram. 
He's like, keep an eye on this family because someday there's going to be a cure. And unlike the treatments for COVID, the cure to the sin pandemic is going to be 100% effective for all time. It's not going to be the temporary cure where you need boosters to, to, in hopes that it be effective long-term. No, it's a one-time cure for anyone who receives it and for every generation. And so guess what happens? People in the Bible start looking for the cure. And throughout the Old Testament, generation after generation, the anticipation of the cure grows. Now, as Abraham's family grows, it eventually becomes what we know, what we see in the Bible as the nation of Israel, also known as the Jews. And this is why Israel matters so much, not just in the Bible, but even today, because the cure for the sin pandemic actually comes through that family line. And so we see in these pages of the Old Testament, we see the problem of God creates this amazing planet, this amazing earth that's perfect, that needs nothing, that all of a sudden man ushers in the sin pandemic. And now we spend the rest of the Old Testament looking forward for the cure, that we've got hope. And it leads us to the third part of, of the structure of the Bible, the third part being the Savior. And we see this part in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the Gospels. It's the section where God offers a cure for the sin pandemic. And we see this in John chapter 1, starting in verse 10, that he came into the very world that he created. But the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people and they even rejected him. But to all who believed and accepted him, that he gave the right to become children of God. Now think about this for a moment. God quarantined from humanity for nearly 4,000 years from the moment that the sin pandemic started until God couldn't take it anymore. And so he breaks the quarantine and he sends Jesus. And Jesus, in his divinity, he takes the form of a human. And in the midst of the sin pandemic that is infecting everyone around him, he never gets it. Now, all the people in charge in Jesus' day, right, they started questioning Jesus' ability to cure the, the, the sin pandemic. Why? Because as long as people were sick, they were able to remain in power. But the people in Jesus' day, they could see right through it. They could see that the cure that Jesus was offering was 100% effective, that there was no side effects, and there were no boosters needed, just healing and freedom. Jesus didn't make any mandates. He said the cure is a personal choice, and each of you has a choice of whether you want to receive it or not. Remember verse 12 says, but to all who believed in him and accepted him, that he gave the right to become the children of God. You see, all of a sudden, 
the promise that God made to Abram some 2,000 years earlier in Genesis 12 has now come to pass through Jesus. And in verse 13 and 14, it says, they are reborn, talking about the children of God, us, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. So the word became human and made his home among us, that he was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we've seen his glory and the glory of the father's one and only son. And the reason why this is a big deal is because for thousands of years, people have quarantined from God. People are, 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 are constantly getting affected and, and they keep dying. This isn't smallpox where 30% of those infected uh, die. It's not COVID where 1% of the people infected die. This is the sin pandemic where 100% of people infected die. But now there's hope because the cure that Jesus offers, it's fully validated. It's 100% effective. And even better, it's absolutely free because Jesus paid for all of it. And then we go into the fourth section where you've got the sin pandemic that enters. You've got this promise, this hope for a cure. Now we see Jesus, the savior come in and bring the cure. And then the last part of the Bible that we see from acts to revelation is what I call the mission. You see from acts throughout the epistles, all the way to revelation, the Bible is addressing these side effects that the sin pandemic had in our life and encouraging us to pass out the cure. And in Matthew chapter 28, it says Jesus came and told his disciples that I've, that I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. He says in verse 19, therefore go, like pass out the cure and, and make disciples of all nations. This word disciples um, means in the original language, somebody that has a belief and somebody that has a practice. Like it's somebody that, that takes this and applies it in their life and lives it out in their life. And, and Jesus says this, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching these new disciples to obey all the commands that I've given you. Be sure of this. Jesus says, listen, as you go and you pass out the cure that, that I am with you always, even to the end of the age. I mean, Jesus is like, like guys, don't, don't demand that people take the cure. He's like, win their hearts. Win their hearts by showing them that the cure is real and that it, it works. And that's exactly what the disciples did. And the rest of the New Testament is them passing out the cure all over the place and teaching other people how to pass out the cure. And I'd say they did a pretty good job because for this ragtag group of people that were imperfect and, and infected, they had no access to planes, right? They had no access to cell phones, no access to Uber or social media, and they spread the, 
the cure all around the world for generation after generation after generation after generation. I don't know about you, but it's mind-blowing to me. It's mind-blowing to think that 12 untrained and imperfect people could have the kind of impact and legacy in the world that they did. And it makes me think sometimes, like, what kind of impact could a room full of people like us have in our community? You know, there's only one thing that could keep us from having that kind of impact. And it's not recognizing the power that's in the Bible to transform our lives, to transform the lives of our family, to transform the lives of our community. And I think so often, too many times, we take this Bible for granted. We take it for granted in our relationship with God. And we look at it as optional. We look at it as restrictive. But if we truly understood the power and the significance that this story possesses, it'd change our life. You know, some years ago, some missionaries, they went and they began to reach this tribe that was an unreached people group. They didn't have the Bible in their language. They had never heard about Jesus. They had never heard about the sin pandemic or the cure. And they spent several years learning their language, several years then beginning to take um, the word of God into their language and to be able to communicate it in a way that the people would better be able to understand it. They began to walk them through the, the structure of the Bible, that there is a problem, that there was a hope and that hope is Jesus and that Jesus is the cure to the sin pandemic and, and now talking about the mission and I saw a video of this encounter with these people this week. And I just felt like we all needed to take a look at it. Would you turn your attention to the screens for just a moment? Village believers stating that he too believes that Christ has paid for his sins. Itao, which means it's true or it's good, it's very true. Village grammar rejoicing that he believes, so does she. Different ones giving testimony as to their belief in Christ as their sin bearer. Mark saying that if they really are believing, then God's word says that their sin is forgiven. Itao, it's good, it's true. Spontaneous rejoicing breaks out. This went on for two and a half hours.
this week when I was preparing, and I knew this was going to be more of just a teach these two weeks as we're trying to kind of help you understand the Bible a little bit. It's a little different. But I watched that, and tears just started going down my cheeks. And I had a moment where I just stopped typing. I closed my eyes and I just repented. I said, Father, forgive me for not seeing the value in your story the way other people see it. You know, I think of as Americans, we have so much to be thankful for. But sometimes, out of all the things that we have to be thankful for, it takes the focus off the most important thing to be thankful for. And that's God's word given to us that possesses the power to transform our lives our family's life and our community. The reality is this, is that the Bible becomes more powerful in our life as it becomes more personal in our life. And what might our life look like? What might our family look like? What might our community look like? if we would place a value on his word just remotely similar to what this group of people did. I think it'd be transforming, don't you? Would you sing with us for just a moment? Time will build my life upon your word. It is a firm foundation. Time will put my trust in you alone. And time will not be shaken. Time
Father, we come to you today. God, thankful for sending your son Jesus to be the cure of the sin pandemic. But Father, we also come before you today humbly with a repentant heart. Lord, forgive us. Forgive us for making light of your word. Forgive us for not placing a higher value of your word in our life. Father, I pray, Lord, over each one of my friends today, Lord, and myself. Lord, help us, God, to have a better understanding of your word. Help us, God, Lord, to understand the significance that it has for our lives, for our children, for our families, for our friends, for our coworkers, for our community. But Lord, this isn't just a book with some good principles, that Lord, this is transformation power that we have sitting on a nightstand, that we have placed in a drawer, that we just pull out a few times here and there, that Father, let us see the transforming power of your word, that Father, as we allow it to shape our lives and to transform our lives, Lord, how it can impact every other area of our lives today. Lord, give us a greater passion, a greater desire to surrender our lives and to allow your word to shape us in every way. With every head bowed and eye closed today. Maybe you're here today and maybe you've never You've never accepted the cure. Maybe you're here today and you recognize that you are so far from God. That he feels like he's so far away. He feels like he's so distant. He feels like like you're you're in this kind of quarantine from God and you're, you're just sensing, you've been in this atmosphere, you've been just sensing the Holy Spirit starting to draw you closer and to draw you closer. Friend, you can go to church, you can read books, you can read a verse here and there, but if you've never received the cure, then you're missing the hope the sin pandemic. And I want to lead you in that prayer today. Maybe, maybe you've never accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior. Maybe, maybe you have, but you just drifted far, far away. If that's you today with every head bowed and eye closed. I just want to pray with you right there where you are. Just kind of slip up your hand, make the declaration in your heart that, that you want to receive the cure, that you want to, you want to ask Jesus into your heart. Now say this out loud with me, church family, say it with us. God, thank you for sending your son to pay for my sins. Today I ask that you'll forgive me. Forgive me of all of my sins. Be the Lord of my life and help me to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Church family, would you congratulate those celebrate with all of heaven for those that have accepted Christ as their Savior.
Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's message, be sure to share it with your friends and tag us at TransformTLH. Thanks again for listening, and we look forward to seeing your face in the place someday. Have a great week.